When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. We are Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM80, all of our great ESPN stations across the country. Wow. I, 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 I hear that, guys. I still can't believe that they said that stuff out loud. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, a little Drake, one dance, OT, OT. Yeah. Never much love when we go OT. Yeah. This it's really happened. dancing at the parade. They what didn't... is that, tomorrow? Parade tomorrow? Yeah, I don't, I, don't yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. She's Michelle Smallman. He's Chris Canty. I'm Evan Cohen. at the parade. I... They're still saying this stuff out loud? Yeah. That they didn't know the rules, the Niners, after losing the Super Bowl? Is that normal for you guys as players to be like, I don't know what the hell was going on. Did you? Like, that seems weird to me. I think you can throw normal out the window when you lose the game of your life, right? And that's what it comes down to. I mean, you got a lot of these guys that won't have an opportunity to get back. Just when you consider the shelf life of an NFL player and consider the odds of being able to get back to the same position, especially after you got bounced. Like, I just... That's the part to me where it's going to be tough for Kyle Shanahan to square that with the players in the locker room because a lot of these guys dreamed about having this opportunity growing up their entire lives. And for them to come up short and not be fully aware of the stakes in the situation, that is on the head coach. No question about it. If it's the game of your life, don't you think that you would be double, triple prepared for anything that could come your way? And that you would be that much more thoroughly involved with the rules, knowing that it is the game of your life. I just can't believe that so many players are so public about this, that mm-hmm. they had no idea what was happening with the rules. It's actually pretty shocking when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, but here's the thing. You hear the Chiefs players talk about it at nauseum. That, yeah, we had a plan. We knew exactly what we were going to do. If they got the ball first and scored a touchdown, we were going to come down, score a touchdown, and go for two. Yep. There wasn't going to be a third possession. And I, and I don't think that's by happenstance. I think that's as a result of Andy Reid once upon a time having that experience with Donovan McNabb. Remember in the regular season where Donovan McNabb said he didn't realize that a game could end in a tie? That's embarrassing not only for the player but for the head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard Mike Greenberg talking about it because when he was doing Mike and Mike once upon a time, they spent an entire day on that topic alone. How can the quarterback not be aware of the situation? So Andy Reid, it doesn't surprise me that his players would be fully aware of of how things would go once we got past regulation. And so I think that's the the contrast between the two teams and the two head coaches, and that's a matter of experience. And unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan is on the the losing end of, of another memorable experience in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so for those who somehow are not aware, and I think you are considering it was the most watched Super Bowl in the history, or most watched television show in yeah. TV history, yeah. um, unsportsmanlike day one, number two overall, by the way. I don't know if you're not, oh, you guys know that. Yeah, we were number two overall. Our debut? Yeah, our debut. September 5th was the second most watched show in history. Did not know. Was yeah, not no, I'm just breaking the news to you yeah. right now. Um, so we're talking about the overtime and how they decide, they being the Niners, decided, well, we're not going to take the ball. Or we're not going to 
to kick off, we're going to take the ball first, which by logic makes no sense. So you referenced, CeCe, what Mahomes said. So he was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center yesterday with Kevin Nagandi and L. Duncan, great people uh, doing Sports Center at 6 p.m. Eastern, and had this to say if they had won the coin toss. We would have probably kicked if we got the ball, but they, from what they said, they wanted the ball in case they was sudden death at the very end of the game um, if both teams scored. And so um, we just knew that uh, what, what our decision was. We had talked about it. We had talked through it for since training camp, and then we talked about it all through the playoffs, and we're, we're very well prepared, and that speaks to the coaches, and um, it prepared us to go out there and win the football game. All right, so that is the response that you would expect from an all-time great maybe the greatest player ever, to actually have, knowing all the rules inside and out, because he has a first ballot Hall of Fame coach, right? Yeah. Nothing controversial there. No doubt. Okay, now now let's go to the other side. Oh. So Eric Armstead, post-game defensive lineman, who we all said yesterday was great on Sunday. Here's his take on the uh, overtime rules. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. But wait, there's more. Kyle Juszczyk, your former teammate. Where did Kyle Juszczyk go to college, guys? Harvard. Okay, here's what he had to say post-game. You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different in overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really – I don't totally know the strategy there. No. No, we haven't talked about it, no. You know <laughs> – let me just take one step back for a second. On on the wow. show, I will speak for myself. On on the show, I want to have honest, real takes, right? Sure. I never want to fabricate anything. When I said yesterday and I asked you guys the question, I was almost tentative to ask, do you think that Kyle Shanahan maybe didn't know the rules? Because I didn't want to come off too insulting. He's a really smart coach. He's been really successful. Let me take back that tentativeness from yesterday. Because yeah. now, now I don't know that he knew the rule. I, I don't know how we could say he knew the rule. Yeah, I mean, You were tentative, too. You were tentative because yeah. we don't want to be accusatory. Yeah, sure. But all of this information would lead us to, I don't know that he knew the rule. But what, what's worse, him not knowing the rule or him knowing the rule and electing to do what he did and not making sure his players know about the rule? See, I think the they're first both one, but bad. Yes is the answer. Like, <laughs> like what's worse? worse? Yes, yeah. they're both awful. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, it's one thing, I guess, to be ignorant. It's another thing to be incompetent, and, and that would be the latter. If he knew the rule and said, "Yeah, our analytics people wanted to angle for the third possession," which we now know based on what Patrick Mahomes said, there wasn't going to be a third possession. It just, it, it's, it's asinine to me. And that's the problem that I had with him taking the ball in the first place. And so for all of these people out there like, oh, I don't really have a problem with taking the ball. There were plenty of other decisions out there that cost the 49 Stop yourselves. Stop yourself. You're just trying to be contrary. You're just trying to have the hot take. It was absolutely the wrong decision. And everybody knew it in real time. Well, everybody except for the people on the 49ers sideline. It's crazy to think that the 49ers players and Ice Spice found out about the overtime rules at the same damn time. <laughs> like, like that's, that's what we're talking about. Like, that's embarrassing. Here's the thing. If you take the ball first, there is no absolution no matter what happens when you get the ball. Whether you kick a field goal, whether you punt the ball, whether you score a touchdown, there is no absolution. Why? Because the other team is guaranteed a possession. But guess what? On that second possession, when the other team gets the ball in overtime, there can be absolution there. So if you're Kyle Shanahan, why would you not want to have the absolution when you get the possession in overtime and know exactly what you need in order to tie the game or in order to win the game? That part of it makes no sense. Again, if the Kansas City Chiefs get the ball first 
and they drive down and they get into a fourth down situation in plus territory, they have to kick a field goal because if they get stopped, guess what? The game is over. It's over. They have to be more conservative. But if you score a touchdown, then they know they got four down territory the entire way. They do. All right. So stop right there for a second because you just hit on something that I don't think enough people have done. And I want to do this with us. So this is everybody's saying, well, the Niners made the wrong move. They should have had the ball second. But I don't know that everybody fully gets the X's and O's and the sequence of events that would occur if they got the ball second. Let's pretend, well, not pretend, the Chiefs did score. Let's pretend the Niners have the exact same drive, but it's second, not first. So what you're saying, CeCe, I'm just going to pick a random play here. It's third and two from the San Francisco 35-yard line. They pass the ball to Brandon Ayuk for 11 yards. While that worked... You're then in this scenario in four-down territory where you may just say we're going to run it twice, and it changes the sequence of events, correct? No question about it. And the one that I'm thinking about is the third and four that they had. What was at it? the nine-yard line. At the nine-yard line. They were inside of the ten. If you got third and four, you're probably not calling that pass play that gets blown up by Chris Jones. You know what I'm doing? I'm running the ball because I know I'm going for it on fourth down correct. because I have to. Right. Yeah. If the Chiefs scored a touchdown, then I know I have to go forward on fourth down. So it changes the play calling and the sequencing on the earlier downs and distances. So based on the math, what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is when you get the ball second, you actually have more plays available to you in terms of number of plays. Because normally in that spot, if you have the ball first on fourth down and field goal range, that's now special teams, not offense. Yes. You actually, by math, would have more offensive plays because you're forced into going for it, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and this is this is simple, right? The concept we've seen in college football forever based on how the overtime rules are. Both teams are guaranteed a possession in overtime in college. So you always wanted to be the team that went second because you knew exactly what you needed, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, and you could sequence your plays accordingly. That is a huge advantage for an offensive play caller, and that's why Kyle Shanahan should know better because that is his area of expertise, which is why it's maddening to think that he would take the ball first knowing the overtime rules. Because he shortchanged himself. He shortchanged not only himself, but the players. Mm -hmm. And how do those guys in the locker room get past that? That's that's the biggest part of it. Like I've heard people that that work at this company and and other people in sports and entertainment criticize the players for coming out and throwing Kyle Shanahan under the bus because they said they didn't know about the overtime rules. There's a part of that where you acknowledge that the players are raw. They're in their emotions. They just lost the biggest game of their lives. But there's also a part of this, Smalls, where the players feel some kind of way about their head coach not having them prepared. For the head coach not to make them aware of what the new overtime rules were, and we got two weeks to go over things before we face off against the Kansas City Chiefs. Two weeks. There ain't no game planning for a team after this one. There ain't no more games. It's the Super Bowl. There ain't no advanced scouting for after this one. There ain't no more games. It's the Super Bowl. All we have to do is focus on every single situation that can pop up so we are fully aware and we know how we plan on executing. That's it. For you not to know the overtime rules, it almost feels as if Kyle Shanahan robbed them of an opportunity to be Super Bowl champions. And who knows if any of those guys in the locker room are going to get another one. I couldn't agree more. I thought about that a lot because I did see some people – 
questioning why the players weren't protecting their head coach. And my response to that would be, well, why didn't he protect them in the biggest game of their lives? Why didn't he make sure that there was no stone left unturned and that they were 110% prepared when they went out there? I don't know if I would feel like protecting my head coach if, if this happened. I would be furious. I would be heartbroken. I would be embarrassed. It would be hard for me to not let that come to the surface if I was a player in this situation. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to open it up to you guys. Do you think the Niners knew the rules? All the evidence points towards no, right? Every piece of evidence we have experienced over the last 24 hours since the Super Bowl ended would indicate that the San Francisco 49ers, majority of, did not know the rules for overtime in the postseason. Do you guys think they did? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit Progressive.com for more information. We'll get your phone calls in coming up. Plus, plus, three-peat? Could they actually do it? And what does that mean for their legacy? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. The Chiefs are already focusing on trying to become the first team in NFL history to win three straight titles. I'm going to celebrate tonight. I'm going to celebrate at the parade, and I'm going to do whatever I can to be back in this game next year and try to go for that three-peat. I don't think a lot about that, but I think that would be pretty neat. As long as you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I feel like this football team has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, an NFL championship. You just have to wonder from what we've seen this year, what's the likelihood that they can get better? What's the likelihood that they get worse? The three-peat conversation is honestly, rightfully, already out there. We will get to that conversation in a sec, but first, your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Did the Niners know the rules? We're all in agreement. All evidence right now would indicate they did not know the overtime rules. Maybe they did, but the evidence would indicate otherwise so far. I tell you, I'm struggling to figure out which one is worse. Like him not knowing the rules or knowing the rules and choosing to base his decision at the coin toss on the third possession, which was not guaranteed to actually happen. But you're still leaving that there's a chance that he There's a chance. Know. It's on the board. Yeah. yeah. It's that the players didn't know. It's on the board. I thought what you said a couple of minutes ago was really pointed, CC, when you said, what's worse, being ignorant or incompetent? Yeah. Because both are awful. They're both awful. Well, well let me awful. tell you, somebody <laughs> who's both. When you phrase it like that, both yeah. are awful. Yeah. Tyler in Ohio listening on Sirius XM80. What's up, Tyler? Hey, guys. I love the show. I just got two things. Um, 
shouldn't. Uh, I mean, of course. She... Wow, it doesn't sound like we're going to hear your front. Oh, now we got to. Go ahead. Sorry. The overtime rule was kind of made because of the Chiefs-Bills game, so the Chiefs should know the rule. And second, shouldn't the players have some responsibility in knowing the rule? I mean, they're getting paid millions of dollars. That's a fair question. What do you think about that part of it, CeCe, as a former player? Coaches are supposed to make you aware of rules and situations. And a part of the emphasis of a coach is to bring in people that are aware of it. If you heard the Kansas City Chiefs players, what did they say? We had officials coming in since the start of training camp to explain to us the rules changes. And so we were fully aware of everything in all circumstances. And we would go over the different football philosophies that the head coach would have based on the rules change that the umpires or the referees were explaining while they were at our facility. Now, here's the thing. The players should know the rules. It's a part of their job. But you have to have somebody come in and make you aware of the rules to actually tell you the rules. Because the NFL is is moving the furniture every single offseason. They're changing the rules. This is the first year that we've had this situation with the overtime rules. Like So I, I just don't understand why – it's all on the players in terms of the owners to fully understand the rules, especially if the head coach doesn't go over the situations with them. Yeah, there, there's probably some responsibility, certainly, on the players to know the rules as well. But to your point, when you're preparing for this game and your coaches are walking you through the scheme and various situations, why isn't this one brought up? Yeah. So, what- And then the other part about what the players get paid, you, you realize Kyle Shanahan's getting paid a hell of a lot of money too, right? Yes. Oh, he doesn't do that for free? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan ain't doing this at the, out of He's the kindness of his heart. No. He gets paid a lot of money. A lot of money. So if we're going to base this on what people get paid to do, Kyle Shanahan is the one that's supposed to put the infrastructure in place for these dudes to have success. At least the, the, the athletes, they got to lift weights. They got to watch film. They got to do all of those things. Kyle Shanahan ain't lifting no weights. He ain't running no wind sprints. What the hell else is he doing if he's not preparing guys for situational football? Mm. So why we want to blame the players because they make millions of dollars? Please, man. Based on that logic, Robert Sala, great coach. He does the stairs. Uh, he's the oh, one did right. you hear? Oh, <laughs> the owner, Woody Johnson, wants him to be more involved in the offense now. Because <laughs> he was great with the defense. <laughs> uh, Jared and South Dakota. they were. Jared and South Dakota on ESPNU. What's up, Jared? Hey, I wanted to say, guys, that I think when it comes to the history of the NFL, the every time that overtime has ever happened, you want the ball. And I know that's no excuse for what happened, but I think it was just a complete breakdown. Yes, Shanahan knew the rule, but it's just like a complete breakdown in the moment, like the pressure of not even thinking that a Super Bowl would ever go to overtime. And then you get into that point and you're just like, oh, well, we want the ball. And it, it's there's no excuse for it. Like, I don't blame the players for being mad and calling him out either. Yeah, I think you're right in terms of we want the ball. Those are under <laughs> different rules, though. I'm sorry, I got to cut you off. Every time I hear that we want the ball, I just go back to Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. We want the ball, we're going to score. score. And, and Al oops. Harris has to pick six. <laughs> we want the ball, we're going we to we gotta score for oops. the other team. Yeah, for the other team. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's it, Al Harris, by the way, very good coach. Cowboys secondary Outstanding hit, secondary coach. coach. Outstanding anyway, coach. Anyway, um, those are different rules. Yeah, different rules. That's like bringing a cigarette on the airplane. Like, I wanted to smoke. Well, this is not 1960. You can't smoke anymore on the airplane. I mean... What an analogy. Just, no, but, right? but the point is, it's extreme Ripping for, heaters in the air? I've never, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. So, yes, coming from me especially, 
But I'm just saying that's under different rules. We have to acknowledge we're under different rules than we used to be. Yeah, and I could maybe buy that theory too that in the moment Kyle Shanahan maybe forgot or he froze up, but that still doesn't explain why the players didn't know the rules. He also, you know, there's one other part of this. I don't think we've really kind of discussed that much. By indicating you want to be ready for the third possession, that indicates that you believe that the defense cannot stop Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. Can well, we- here's, here's the thing. Well, I, I understand why he would believe that. Patrick Mahomes scored, what, three straight drives I get up it. until that point? So You're I in the Super Bowl, that. though. Yeah, I, I, I get it. If Tom Coffin said it, that about – see, you, you – but, but hold yeah. on, no. Let's walk down that road of logic that, yeah. you, that you just took us down because I think this is fascinating. If you don't think your defense can stop Patrick Mahomes – then go ahead and give them the ball first. Yeah, get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Let them score a touchdown and kick an extra point because guess what I can do now? Score a touchdown and go for two and win the damn Super Bowl. And if you told me that in a winner-take-all scenario that I was going to have a chance to win the game on a two-point conversion from the two-yard line against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. But you know what else is In a heartbeat. But, CeCe, you know what else is interesting about this? When you say... The third possession thing, oh, well, we can't stop Mahomes. You actually did. They scored 19 points at that point. Yeah. You actually did stop Mahomes. Now, a lot of it was recent points, and I understand that the defense was tired, but if I said to the San Francisco 49ers through four quarters of a football game in the Super Bowl, you will hold, hold Mahomes to 19 points, mm-hmm. do you think you're going to win? They would say, hell yeah, we're going to win. So he's actually, where I'd be more insulted as a player is you had no confidence in us. You didn't think we were going to be able to even come close to stopping him because you're worrying about the third possession of overtime. (laughs) It's not even not knowing the rules. I actually think we just stumbled on something worse than not knowing the rules. He had no belief in a defense that held that offense to 19 total points in the Super Bowl with arguably the second greatest or greatest quarterback of all time playing. And let's keep this in its proper perspective, too. Like the Kansas City Chiefs got the ball second in overtime. It was a fourth and one from their own thirty-four. If they have that situation and they get the ball first, are we sure that Kansas City goes for it? There's no guarantee that they go for it. For, oh, good one. Fourth, so exact same scenario, exact same plays, fourth and one, own 34. You have no because you kick a field goal to win it right away. That's exactly that's you my need point. Five yards, but let's that's say. my point. Yeah. There's no guarantee. The there's no plays, guarantee yes. that they're gonna go for it. So again, no matter what, no matter how you look at it, even if you want to approach it with Shanahan's logic, it still makes no sense. Everywhere you slice it, it's bad. Yeah, it makes no sense. Again, there, there is no there is no absolution in getting the ball first. There just isn't, and there's no guarantee that you're going to get the ball for a second possession, which would be the third possession in OT. It's just it's a bad decision, and there's no way you can justify it. One other thing here. So we've been talking about this for 24 hours. Did we just discover two more reasons that this was terrible? Yes. I think yes, so. Yes, I think, okay. I think that happened. <laughs> I hope Kyle Shanahan that not just, That just happened. Because well, he's going to have to answer for all of that right, stuff, though. Right, but you just brought up that the Chiefs would have punted, and we brought up that it, that he doesn't have faith in the defense that held them to 19 points because you're thinking about three possessions from now. Oy vey. Bad. Oy, oy, oy. Coming up, we got CC's power rankings, but first... This from Granger. Oh, yes. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Canty's NFL Power Rankings. All right, CC. Super Bowl, two days ago, just came to a close. So now let's look ahead to next Super Bowl already. Absolutely. It's been it's, two days. I mean, what are we waiting it's for? It's never too early, and hope springs eternal for all 32 fan bases. Uh, for, for, for all a lot 32? Of, uh, well, the well, Panthers are so still there. <laughs> How many does it really hope spring for? I think the Panthers well, are fine. Let's say 31. Let's just go ahead and uh, read across the Carolina right. Panthers. On. You don't have a lot of confidence in Dave Canales, huh? No, I do like him. You do like him. And I think he'd be a good coach, too. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Wow. Handsome guy. All righty. All righty then. So we're going to go to these power rankings. Kicking it off number at number five. five, we got the Houston Texans Ooh, checking in at plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl next year. Listen, I love the Houston Texans. Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, all they do is go out and win a playoff game, win their division, and their offense was best in terms of protecting the football. I love a young quarterback that doesn't turn the football over, but still can play make to the level of C.J. Stroud. I think he's a top five quarterback already. And you look at the landscape of the AFC South, there are a lot of questions with the Colts, with the Jaguars. And, 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 and um, so I think this is a situation right now where the Houston Texans have a low bar to clear when it comes to getting into the tournament. Um, the Tennessee Titans aren't anywhere in the picture. They fired Mike Ravel. They're breaking in a new head coach. So I, I just feel like they're set up to be able to get in the tournament. And I trust that C.J. Stroud – can be the difference in winning playoff games once you do. So the Houston Texans checking in at fifth in the power rankings for the Super Bowl next year. Next. Number four. Number four, we got Joe Cool. 
We got Joe Cool, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I mean, I'm not going to be disrespectful and not include them. Plus 1,400 to get to win the Super Bowl next year. They've got a consequential decision that they've got to make with T. Higgins. We're not sure where that happens. Tyler Boyd is also in line for a new contract. We'll see how they manage all of the different pieces and the guys that are graduating their program and have earned a payday. But listen, if Joe Burrow comes back healthy from the wrist hand injury, there's no reason to think that they won't be back in the mix and back in the championship rounds. Number nine is just that damn good at football. Next. Number three. The Detroit Lions, also known as the Detroit Lions. I love what Dan Campbell is building. And here's the great part. Both of his coordinators are coming back. There's continuity with their program. They've got to shore up some things on the back end of that defense. Their secondary was trash bags last year. But... (laughs) The hope is that your pass rushers will be better. You've got the eighth most cap space going into the offseason. you got an offensive line that's built like a brick wall, and Jared Goff seems like he's down for the cause in terms of being not only a good quarterback but an outstanding leader for that locker room. So I love where the Detroit Lions are at. they got a lot of all-pro players. I think they had five all-pro players this year. And, and so those guys are all going to be coming back. I just love what they're building in Detroit. There's a toughness. There's a mentality. And they'll be better from their experience in the NFC Championship game. I guarantee it. This is the power rankings for next year. Let's be clear on this. Next year. So that means we either have both Super Bowl teams, one and two, or one of the Super Bowl teams is left off altogether. Ooh. Hello. Let's get one and two. Here, here we go. All right. So checking in at number two. Number two. My Baltimore Ravens. That Let's means go. one of them is off the board. My Baltimore Ravens. Let's go, Ravens. Two-time. Let me say it again. Two-time <laughs> MVP Lamar Jackson. He's only going to be better in year two of Todd Munkin's system. And with those weapons, Zay Flowers is going to be a year older. Of course, he made a rookie mistake in the conference championship game. Uh, uh, you know, He hung on the rim in terms of uh, a personal foul penalty. And then the play after that fumbled at the goal line. He'll learn from those experiences. But the thing that makes me bullish about the Baltimore Ravens is not what they are on offense. It's what they are on defense. They absolutely dominate teams on the defensive side of the ball. They have been outstanding all year long. It was the best-ranked defense in the National Football League when it comes to points allowed and turnovers. They led the league in sacks. There's no reason to think that the Baltimore Ravens can't continue to replicate what they've done. They've got to overcome the absence of, of Mike McDonald, their defensive coordinator, who took the job to be the head coach in Seattle. But I have confidence that the Baltimore Ravens will figure that out because one of the Baltimore Ravens not had a great defensive coordinator. So I guess I'm bullish on the Baltimore Ravens because of all of the ingredients that they have, offense, defense, and they've got a head coach in John Car- Harbaugh who can put all of the pieces together and play complementary football. Next! Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes it's Andy Reid until otherwise notified. And I remember I was saying that in the first half of the season when it came to my power rankings week in and week out. And then Kansas City hit a rough spot. You know, they lost some games. Receivers were dropping passes. And I just I lost my confidence in them. But after seeing what they evolved into this year and winning the chip, I'm not doubting Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, ever again. Patrick Mahomes says it all the time, never a doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm with him. Never a doubt. The Kansas City Chiefs until otherwise notified. So there are my power rankings. We got the Kansas City Chiefs checking in at one, the Baltimore Ravens two, Detroit Lions three, Cincinnati Bengals four, and the Houston Texans five. Smalls, you're my accountability partner. Any objections, any omissions? Well, there's no San Francisco 49ers on the list who no. are just in the big game. You think they're not going to be contenders next year? 
They might be a playoff team. I, I don't think they'll be a contender. I'm not even sure they're going to win their division. Rams? I don't think they – I think the Rams are going to win that division. They were tough this year. Yeah. All right, two more quickly. The Buffalo Bills, not on the list? No. Buffalo Bills are not on the list. Their quarterback has a turnover problem, and I don't know how that gets changed. And the team that I wrote down at the beginning, what about the Green Bay Packers? I like the Green Bay Packers. It was them or the Houston Texans. I went with the Texans because I, I like the quarterback a little bit more. But that's not to say that Jordan Love's not a baller. Jordan Love is a top 10 quarterback in my book. In my book. They had the 49ers on the ropes. They were right there in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, they were right there. Um, so. so here's my thing with, with your power rankings. Again, Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, Cincinnati, and Houston, top five for next year. All right? I think that next year we have to consider altering the power rankings for next season, in season. I think your power rankings should be two through six. I don't see how. We can just not have Kansas City number one. I don't care unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. How are we not after this year just going to put them number one for the entire That's season? Fair. Like it almost should. We need to create a graphic. I'm doing this on the air for Sam and Mark on our TV side, but it's almost like we need to create a graphic where it's Chiefs and then two through six. So you're still giving your top five. So it's not even Super Bowl contenders. It's biggest challengers to the Chiefs. How is it not? (laughs) I mean, unless unless the quarterback got the uh, the Arrowhead Invitational. Seriously, (laughs) when he phrased it that way, I don't feel great about anybody else. That's the thing. Like. Are you going to pick any of these teams to beat the Chiefs in a big game? I'm yeah. not. And no, I know no, no. It, but- and here's the thing. I actually thought about putting the Detroit Lions second just because they're in the NFC. They're on the other side of the rank. I actually thought about, logic I actually thought about right. putting the Detroit Lions second in the power rankings because they wouldn't have to play the Chiefs until they got to the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> your, your power rankings all year were how the teams were playing in that moment, yes. right? What we've learned is it doesn't matter how the Chiefs are playing in that moment. They're going to be there at the end until proven otherwise. It doesn't matter? It doesn't doesn't matter. (laughs) I just think you need to do two through six next year. Just throwing that out there. Are you open to that idea? I am open to the idea. Because, I mean, that, the, the Chiefs are the standard. Like, that's that's who everybody is trying to take down. And I think the interesting part of this becomes how teams around the AFC and around the NFL as a whole start to construct their rosters because you know you got to deal with Kansas City. Like, think about that. How are we going to build our team knowing that we've got to take down the Chiefs? There are people that try to do it with different philosophies, whether it ends up being, you know, having more of a defensive-minded focus. That didn't work out for the Baltimore Ravens. Teams that try to do it with an offensive-minded focus. I guess the Cincinnati Bengals were that team, and they had some modicum of success. But I just – that's the thing that becomes fascinating to me now. Do teams all of a sudden start to build their rosters to beat the Kansas City Chiefs? Like, we always think about it in terms of, okay, teams building their roster to win the division. I remember when I played for the Baltimore Ravens, Ozzie Newsom, then general manager, would always say, I build my team every single year to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because if I beat the Steelers, then I'm probably going to be in the playoffs. That means I win my division. I'm just sitting here thinking about it. If you're an organization – that wants to win a championship, especially if you're in the AFC. Doesn't what we're seeing in Kansas City have to influence you in terms of your roster construction? Stop right there. Coming up, give us the answer as to how. Okay, so yeah, sure, you got to build a team as to how to beat the Chiefs. Tell us what you actually need and what these teams can do. We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Right side throw, touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch! Kansas City wins the game! Patrick Mahomes certainly did enough tonight to put his name in the conversation now with Tom Brady. Borderline unbeatable. Maybe not borderline unbeatable. Maybe just unbeatable are the Kansas City Chiefs in these big games. So we left off talking about how, if you're one of these teams going into next year, Kansas top five in terms of power rankings going into next year to potentially contend with the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. Kansas City won, obviously, Baltimore, Detroit, Cincinnati, Houston. Add other teams around there. Smallest brought up Buffalo, San Francisco, at Green Bay as teams around there. CC, if you're building a team to try to beat Kansas City, what do they need to have? No, first of all, you got to start with a damn good quarterback. <laughs> like how good? Hall of Fame uh, level? I, I, Pro I, I, Bowl I'm level? A, I'm going to say your quarterback has to be top five to seven in the game. Like that's that's how good your quarterback has to be. So we're talking about like Josh Allen level. We're talking about Lamar Jackson level, Joe Burrow, C.J. Stroud. Like that's the direction that it needs to go. Like that's how good your quarterback has to be because you're going to have to score some points. That's just what it is. You're going to have to score some points. The Kansas City Chiefs are never going to be shut off the board. Like, it's not going to happen. They're going to find a way. So you've got to score some points. You've got to have a really good quarterback in order to do that. The second thing that you have to have is a really, really strong offensive line. Why? Because your offensive line has to dictate the terms of engagement. They have to dictate the complexion of the game. Not only keeping your quarterback clean, but also being able to run the ball and control time of possession. Because the best defense for Patrick Mahomes is not to have him on the field. Not to have him on the field. So that's where it has to start. The next thing that you have to have, some pass rush. You got to have guys that can flat out get after it. And that's what the Tampa Bay Bucks had when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. It was Shaq Barrett. It was Jason Pierre-Paul. It was Vita Vea in the middle. It was guys that could get after the quarterback. It was... Devin White and Levante Day, like those guys on linebacker run-throughs, getting after the quarterback, chasing him down. You have to have that element. Those are the three critical elements that you absolutely have to have if you're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Do you think we'll see teams take this approach? Like, remember when Daryl Morey said that he built the Houston Rockets to beat the Golden State Warriors? Do you How'd think? that go for him? <laughs> but he he made no bones about the fact that he knew that he yeah. had to You're build right. a team because they were going to be there. He knew yeah. that they were going to be the team they had to go was through. One, that, that Chris Paul hamstring. They were a Chris oh. Paul hamstring away, weren't they? Exactly. From losing to LeBron. <laughs> Jeez. But I wonder if there will be any team out there, particularly in the AFC, that says we have to do what CC just outlined because we know that they're going to be there. So th- to that point, my mind just went to, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, go sign Derrick Henry. I know you have good running backs as it is. You have a plethora of running backs. Go get Derrick Henry. That's like the first thing you're saying because they have the top five quarterback. They have pass rush, right? Uh, no? Here's the thing. They manufacture a lot of pass rush. Okay, so they, then go they, get pass rushers manu- too. They manufacture <laughs> a lot of pass rush. Like Justin Matabike is an all-pro. He's a dog. But they don't really have a lot of consistent guys after that. Their most consistent pass rusher outside of him was Kyle Van Noy. Odafe Owe was a little bit of a disappointment this year. Like they, they've got a, but they did it by committee outside of Matabike, and they've got to find guys that can go out there and hunt. They don't have a front four that you would be terrified of. You were more afraid of their scheme. Mm. And that's the thing that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are always going to find a way to work around. If you're scheming up ways to generate pressure, they're going to kill you. So now that's, I think the Ravens aren't close, based on what you just said. <laughs> but that's, but, I mean, you have them second, but you've just now convinced me the Ravens aren't that close. Well, I mean, think about it. Like They, they, they got Kyle Van Noy and Davion Clowney. Those guys were retreads, right, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. There's a reason why they were available. Those should so, be your fourth and fifth guys, not yeah, your first exactly. and second guys. Exactly. So like they Randy find, Gregory for the Niners. Like, oh, that's a good guy to that's have. a good oh, guy to Oh, by the way, guy. Exactly. But they need more pass rush. So, so basically there's no one. Like, Is there any team <laughs> that you would look at that would check the boxes of elite level quarterback, big bruising offensive line to keep the run game going and then keep Mahomes off the field and pass rushers? Is there anybody that's even close to that? Theoretically... Well, if it, I mean, you don't think this about Purdy in terms of top five. You think top ten. The Niners had some of that. They had some of that. Some of it. I mean, they. I don't. But they, here's the thing. I don't, I don't. I don't know how great their Niners offensive line was. So though. then they don't have it. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like, Trey no Williams one. is amazing. Don't don't get me wrong. But outside of that, I mean, how great was their offensive line? I, I don't know. But think about the exercise that we just went through here. Basically, what you're saying is if Kansas City's hurt and, uh, he- excuse me, healthy and rolling, there's nobody close. Because yeah. nobody can check all of those boxes. You also think about the disparity, too, at, at the coaching position, right? Yeah. Like, you have to have somebody who you think can go toe-to-toe with Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. Okay, so who would that be? Tomlin. They don't have the quarterback, right? <laughs> no, they they, like, so they're out. Like, Harbaugh, maybe? Harbaugh, but we just went through what we went through, right? They don't have the other stuff. Right. You know, and as much as we all like C.J. Stroud and, and D'Amico Ryan's, they just completed their rookie season. Like they're gonna have, there's gonna be hurdles along the way, as there is for anyone in in this sport. It's it's nuts. You're basically painting the picture, CC, that they are unbeatable next year. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sitting there looking at the landscape of, of the National Football League. Like, I don't know who has all of those critical ingredients, right? Because I mean, first of all, when you start talking about a top seven quarterback, you're eliminating a lot of teams, right? Yeah. You're, you're crossing a lot of teams off. But then you couple that with how expensive pass rush is. And how expensive offensive line play is like those are those are probably the three most valued positions in the NFL when you start looking at the contracts and the averages that players make at those respective positions. So, yeah, this is going to be tough. The Dallas Cowboys, in theory, should have all the elements, but you don't. You have questions about the head coach and the quarterback. I'm telling they you, they should. Mm-hmm. They, in theory, they should have all the elements, but 
I, do we really want to say the Cowboys are close? No, I'm not. absolutely I'm not. not. You know, the team that I think may be the closest is the team that we have said that Smalls may become a fan of here. She's been inching towards it. The Packers may be the team that actually develops into the closest because they're still not paying big money for a quarterback. LaFleur is a really good coach. Jordan Love could develop into a top five to seven quarterback, right? They theoretically went healthy of a pretty good offensive line, I think, right? And they have guys on that defense that are flying around and they're really young. Mm-hmm. Home field advantage if people are playing in the cold. I mean, we are, it's a stretch to find anyone that's even close. But if you use your logic, CC, of maybe we should look at an NFC team because they don't have to go through all those guys in the AFC, which, by the way, you listed Baltimore. Cincinnati, Houston, and obviously Kansas City, that doesn't factor in what the Chargers may become. No. You left Buffalo out. You know why I left the Chargers out? Because they're the Chargers. Right, but the organization. I have zero confidence in that organization. I love Jim Harbaugh. I do. I think he's a phenomenal coach, and he's a great program builder. I have zero confidence in the Chargers organization. Well, um, three-peat, here they come, because basically that's what we just landed on here, is that they are going to three-peat, right? And I'm convinced they're going to add to their offensive skill positions, and I think they're going to get better. Sometimes that doesn't always help, as crazy as that may sound. Sometimes adding guys that are big-name guys to play wide receiver, they want the ball more. There's none of these wide receivers that— Adding Mike Evans always helps. I am so convinced that that's a Adding Mike Evans always helps. He's different. I'm just saying he's different. Could you absolutely not see that happening? Mike Evans? Yes. Oh, yes. no, of course I could. Yeah. yeah. And think about adding Mike Evans to this team. No, he would be... Come on. He would be pretty damn good, and he's won before. He's not... I mean, and, like, if we were to play Mike Evans' audio right now, I don't know that any of us even know what he sounds like. He's, like, as, as seemingly... He's unproblematic. Just, yeah, he's the ultimate teammate of, it's like, oh, you want me to play with Brady? I'll dominate. You want me to play with, with Baker? I'll dominate. You want us to win a Super Bowl? I'm good. Godwin, A.B., Gronk, you want to bring in all these weapons around me? I'm good. I'll still get my 1,000 yards. He's amazing, right? He's, he's one of one in that regard. Uh, Eric in Connecticut watching on ESPN2 as we just crowned next year's Super Bowl champion, <laughs> <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. Good morning, guys. Love your show. Thank you. Um, one thing that I haven't really heard from anyone is that, one, the overtime playoff rule applies to all playoff games, not just Super Bowl. This was the first time we've had an overtime. And... The rule has been in effect for the last two NFL seasons. So for a coach of any team that's got playoff aspirations not to have coached or told their team about this rule is an abdication of responsibility in my mind. Really well done. That's a really interesting point. We don't know 100% that Kyle Shanahan did not know the rule. But all of the evidence is leading us to wondering whether or not he knew the rule. I don't know 100% that he did know the rule. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a way of saying it, too. Like we, there's no confirmation that, that Kyle Shanahan, in overtime, knew what the rules were. We have no – in fact, all evidence would point towards he doesn't or didn't. Is this the worst look for Kyle Shanahan? Worse than 28-3? I mean, I know you brought that up during the break. I just I, – I, I don't know. It, it, it could I think be. it is. I think it's worse. I think it's worse because? because he's the head coach and it's the Super Bowl and you had time to prepare your team for this. Like getting in the moment and, and clenching up the moment overcoming you is one thing mm-hmm. for you to be unprepared. I can't absolve that. There's a difference to me. Yeah, I'm, with you, on, I'm to with you on that one. I mean, 28, three is bad. That's really bad. I and mean, it's all go, time bad. Go, go longer than that. It's it's worse than really bad. We got to we got to we need more time on this. We're going to talk about this coming up because yeah. this overtime thing 
has become the biggest story out of the Super Bowl outside of the, the Chiefs' legacy, right? The actual game, the four quarters plus overtime, what they did at that coin toss is bigger than any storyline within the moment of that game. It's so big, it's trumping Taylor Swift being there. Yeah, maybe. I no, it, it, it did. I mean, it and, did. and she it had did. the greatest rookie season in sports history. We know that. <laughs> Forget magic, you know, That's with right. the Lakers. Taylor with the Chiefs, greatest rookie season ever. But was this actually worse than 28-3? We'll dive into that coming up. We are on Sportsman Like You Can as well at 888-SAY-ESPN here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.